welcome the Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. Uh, this is Chip the Block. I'm your host. And uh, look, I want to uh, introduce our crew to you, but our premise of our show is to talk about uh, the news and the issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And for our panelists, we have, uh, and I think it's all retired this evening, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaller, and we also have Captain Brett Bartlett, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, Corporal David D. Gresta, and Officer Andrea Casal. Uh, producer Will Stature is on here as well, so thanks guys for being on the show. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, also, a shout out to all of our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, we have TAC-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping to make this happen. we got a lot of stuff to cover. So on Policetribune.com, minority teachers and drug dealers, uh, preferential treatment in Minneapolis and in Olympia, Washington state. Uh, so the first article, new contract says that white teachers get laid off before minority teachers. So we're in Minneapolis. Uh, and, and, and again, I, I know Bob Kroll, he, he was cringing at not being able to make the show because he wanted to talk about this, but a recently signed contract between Minneapolis public schools and the teachers union requires the school district to lay off white teachers before minorities, regardless of seniority. So the stipulation was part of the new collective bargaining agreement uh, between MPS and the, and the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers, the union that brought a two week strike to an end last spring. This was on ABC News. So the agreement read that if, if assessing a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the site, the district shall um, basically they're losing seniority. It doesn't matter. They're getting rid of they're getting rid of them. And the agreement also stipulated that the rehiring process works the exact same way. So the purpose of the policy is to make up for past discrimination by the school district that disproportionately impacted the hiring of underrepresented teachers in the district as compared to relevant labor market and the community and resulted that resulted in a lack of diversity of teachers. So that's the reason why they're doing this. And if that's not you know, bad enough. Listen to this. Washington uh, to give drug dealers, uh, and this is Washington State, of course, they're looking to give drug dealers preference over law-abiding citizens for cannabis business licensing. So convicted drug dealers interested in opening their own retail cannabis stores could soon receive preferential treatment from the Washington State Liquor Cannabis Board when applying for the retail licenses. So the board is currently working to establish a point system that would essentially reward them for being convicted of drug offenses and boosting their likelihood of receiving a retail cannabis license, according to KCPQ. And here's a quote from the uh, Liquor Cannabis Board Director of Communication Brian Smith, he says that our intent is to be able to reach applicants that were disproportionately harmed by the war on drugs, disproportionately harmed, while issuing licenses to convicts who have been punished for drug offenses in the past constitutes a form of social equity, according to the board. So Smith said that the Liquor Cannabis Board has set aside 40 licenses as part of its social equity program, reported by uh, KCPQ. Wow. I can't believe it's actually a legitimate oh, article. Chip, did you read the one, uh, probably in Washington State, where they're giving burglars preference as realtors because they, <laughs> because, because they were they were they were oppressed while they were breaking into houses? So we're going to make up for that and give them access to more houses. That makes about as much sense. And I'm going to ask Ward this: How is it even remotely possible, other than this has been agreed to? that they can they they can discriminate against white teachers I, I just don't get it their excuse is that they're making up for past racial discrimination i'm sure they don't have any evidence of that i think that's very very problematic uh constitutionally 
I also think that this uh, business in Washington, which is absurd, is constitutionally infirm too. It's a different standard. There's not a suspect class involved in Washington, but it's an irrational discrimination. It's absolutely irrational to give convicts uh, preference over somebody else. It, make, it makes no sense at all. I did see something in that article that they thought they were helping out black people with respect to, uh, with respect to this uh, giving cannabis licenses to, to convicts. And maybe that had something to do with their, with their woke view on things. Wow. Well, Brett, any, you want to close us out on this? I'm going to go to, the, uh, to some woke stuff next. Ah, screw Washington. All right. So uh, moving along here, then uh, I'm going to jump uh, and we're going to go to police tribune law officer.com and CL Tampa, which is the creative loafing article dot uh, com. So we've got, uh, I guess, a, uh, a few articles we're dealing with uh, L.A., Tampa and Milwaukee. Uh, so effort to recall Los Angeles County D.A. George Gascon. Uh, Gascon, uh, which Randy is a, you know, I know you're, you're a big fan, fails after many signatures are invalidated. So there were about half a million signatures were found to be uh, valid and just under 200,000 were found to be invalid. So omission of the invalid signatures left the petition um, a little less than 50 signatures shy of the mandatory minimum that was required for ballot qualification. Um, so um, that's the latest on that. Lieutenant Randy? Yeah, it's, this is this is insanity. This the, the fix was in big time on this one. So they they somehow found that twenty almost twenty nine percent of the signatures were invalid. Um, I don't know how they came upon that number, uh, but it's a it's an absurd number. But of course, this is the the we're talking to L.A. County, and uh, uh, the wokeness there is it is astounding. In fact. They, uh, um, they have now, the city council, or excuse me, the county commission, has voted themselves the power to remove a sheriff who is a, an elected official. It, it, what's going on there is, just, is beyond belief. Even as the body count rises, even as crime is absolutely out of control, you still don't see the leadership of, of, of Los Angeles city in Los Angeles County coming to grips with any sense of reality and any sense of justice at all. They are just continuing this downward spiral and, uh, and Gascon is, is, and Soros are laughing their asses off. Well, listen to this. A flash mob in Los Angeles, 7-Eleven, a horde of criminals ripped off nearly everything they touched. Gascon, do you think that he's going to put any of those guys in jail or there's going to be any law enforcement effort to hold them accountable? You got five seconds. Not going to happen. All right, guys. No. (laughs) Okay. Well, commercial break. I think it's our last one uh, for the show. So we will be right back. All right, let's, let's talk radio. Yes, we're nationally syndicated on the radio. It was the Boss Hog Radio Network in Florida that gave us our big break in the terrestrial radio, which is over the airwaves. And Boss Hog, they've got four AMs and an FM in Bushnell and Sumter County, Lakeland, Plant City, Florida, Winter Haven, Florida, Avon Park and Sebring, where the races are. Uh, so big shout out to them. Uh, also, WKUL, they have two FMs in Coleman, Alabama, K-Bar in Burley, Idaho, WVMG and WMYU. That's Chattanooga and Ottawa, Tennessee. And KCPX and K. YAH there in Moab and in Delta, Utah, AMFM247.com. 
They are internet, but they also have terrestrials all over the country. So in Tampa Bay, where I'm at, Las Vegas, where Randy's at, their latest acquisition is Rock Hill, South Carolina, but please check them out. And Three Rivers Broadcasting, Backstage Radio Network in Central Oregon. Uh, we've got, we're, we're, we're everywhere as far as they're concerned, but especially if you're within range of those terrestrials, please uh, check out those terrestrial radio stations. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Uh, and, you know, and, and talking about some of this woke stuff, uh, we're going to jump on to where we're talking about uh, the Tampa Mayor Jane Castor says that she will not direct TPD, the Tampa Police Department, to arrest those who have had or seek abortions. And the reason why she's saying that is because uh, two weeks ago, Governor Ron DeSantis, and we covered it on the show, he suspended state attorney Andrew Warren for calling the 15-work abortion ban unconstitutional and saying that he basically wasn't going to prosecute any of those cases. So um, I I guess it's an attempt to circumvent um, the governor uh, by letting the state attorney go. But of course, uh, the mayor of Tampa um, does not have all the jurisdiction that the Hillsborough County state attorney has because, you know, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, you've got uh, airport police, you've got, I mean, you've just got a lot of agencies, Temple Terrace, a lot of agencies in that uh, Hillsborough County realm. What do you think, Captain Brett? Well, you know, Chip, at Tampa Police Department, we were there. How did, how did we find out about crimes? People reported them to us or we found them, right? That's really the only two ways. So I'm not, I'm not saying that what she said was right, but how would a police officer in Tampa run across this? How would they come across this, right? Unless somebody called them up and said, I believe so-and-so had an abortion, okay? At that point, you'd, if it's against the law, if it's a crime, you have to document it, otherwise you're in trouble. But I just don't see, it, to me, it was, a, it was an easy throwdown. It, it's not gonna happen anyway, because you're not gonna have a sack squad out there looking for people who've had abortions. Well, what and about the abortion? What about the abortion unit, Brett? The, ab- the abortion unit. Yeah, that was the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second, guys. I escaped. It, it, it's it's even easier than that. I I'm going to be really embarrassed if I'm wrong about this, but I believe there is no sanction in the law with respect to women who seek or have abortions. It's only the providers. So what Jane Castor said is absolutely meaningless. Yeah. Because there's, there's, you don't arrest the mother. You don't, you don't arrest the person yeah, who had the abortion. So, so it cost her nothing to say that, but she garnered, you know, all this public support. And, it, you're, and, it, and I think you're right. Or I think you're absolutely right. It, that's exactly right. And the creative yeah. loafing is just completely wrong to compare that to what yeah. the state attorney did, who says he's not going to enforce the law as to anybody. And creative, creative loafing is the is the uber ultra left paper. It's been that way for decades and decades. Hey, but they, I have gotten some good publicity out of creative loafing. And, uh, and, 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 and some of it was when I, uh, I was jamming it up the, uh, Hillsborough County Sheriff's, um, you know, yeah, one of his orifices anyhow, but that yeah. was, that was not Chad Cronister. That was, that was, um, that was another, the other administration. So, right. yeah. And, and you're not going to be at roll call and the sergeant's not going to read off the crime list. He goes, all right, we have, we have an uptick in abortions in grid 189. I want you guys out there looking for, it's just not going to happen. So for her to say that, it cost nothing, but again, she gained all this public support, and the people who were listening to her thought, "Oh my gosh, that's just wonderful. That's just wonderful." It just well, you're wasn't right. going to happen anyway. I thought the same thing. How 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 often in your career have you ever come across a complaint or anything yeah. like investigate anything like this? It just it just yeah, you, you know, you, you do a traffic stop. You come, oh my god, are you having an abortion? Step out of the car. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> right. All right. Excellent. Excellent commentary. 
All right. And thank you, Ward. That was that was a uh, that was a great light bulb to put off there on us. So thank you. And lastly, uh, Milwaukee Police Department no longer allow is allowed to arrest on many misdemeanor warrants. And the Milwaukee Police Association says that that policy is crazy. But uh, that's what's going on in, uh, in Milwaukee. So you've got this uh, uh, these elements of. Uh, of the of the woke and our efforts to uh, get rid of the woke, Randy. Um, people are in their little way, mayors or whatever. They're doing what they can do. Can, there's a, this battle going back and forth. I'm kind of curious if uh, what will happen at the polls because of it coming up. So, I, in fact, I uh, I I did not do my pre-voting. I got to vote on Tuesday. So, if there's uh, nobody else, we got about a uh, little less than six minutes before the end of the show. So let me uh, dig into our box here and see what we got. We got a, a video coming up. Uh, it's on Rumble. This is Butter. Body cam shows Chandler officers shoot and kill a former firefighter accused of attacking a woman. Here's the body-worn camera video showing the use of the less lethal devices by SWAT team officers. Come out now. Come out now. Get in there. Get in again. So uh, we've got, this happened on July the 17th. Uh, this left 44-year-old uh, Tyson Cobb dead. So Cobb are a bad guy suspected of entering a home, attempting to sexually assault someone and barricading himself before being fatally shot by Chandler police. And according to the 911 call, uh, the woman called around 3 a.m. She heard someone screaming for help. Another caller told operators that a man attempted to rape a woman and had a knife on him. So we've got Detective Eva Zamino. She's a spokesperson for the Chandler Police Department. Says that a man identified as Cobb uh, entered an apartment armed with a knife, attempted to assault a woman that lived in the same complex. And that's when the 911, 911 calls happened. The man threatened to commit suicide, barricades himself with a knife when the officers surround his home. He then runs to a third floor of the complex, forces himself inside uh, an apartment and barricades himself. And officers are talking to him. He breaks the window, climbs on the roof. And uh, then they tell him, you know, lower the knife, get on the ground. They fire eight less lethal devices at him when he refuses to listen. He attempts to break into another apartment. And then after six min minutes of attempted negotiation, he jumps down from the roof, has a knife in his hand. He starts, I guess, moving towards the officers and at least two officers fire and they shoot him. And uh, I guess the one of the officers was a SWAT officer that fired the shots and uh, has 16 years on. So the, our bad guy dies at the hospital. Um, any uh, issues with that shooting, guys? Any comments on that? Any pucker factors? Nobody. Randy? Yeah, it should have happened a lot sooner. What I, the, the People are so scared to use deadly force now. That, that they go th they go to impossible lengths um, to the point where um, it, it appears that that the uh, uh, they're more afraid of the of the um, what's going to happen to them administratively than they are of getting themselves in a, in you know putting themselves in a harm's way. So I it, it, this this continuation. Of um, of a fail a failure to act in the with the appropriate amount of force is is just is becoming epidemic. All right, thanks, Lieutenant. Appreciate it, Captain Brett. And I wonder, Chip, what's going on in the police heads when they know they know the knife in the back is as dangerous as the knife from the front, so they take a chance on the knife from the front. I mean, are you that locked up in your career? where you're afraid to walk off because you're afraid to kill the guy who's trying to kill you with a knife or a gun. 
it's it's almost a psychosis. I just don't I just don't get it. But I'm glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, we've only got uh, we got less than three minutes left. So, and Andrea, I just saw your mic um, open, and I I think I did this to you last week too. But let me get to this last video. We'll call on you first for this LAPD taser deployment. This is where the guy does the uh, not really a face plant. He does like a back head plant, and uh, there's a pull. There's a little thing of blood after he hits it. Apparently, they're under scrutiny for this, but LAPD taser deployment causes the suspect to hit his head after an unprovoked attack to an individual. It's on Rumble. This is Butter. It happened on July 7th, 2022. It's 613 in the, in, the, uh, in the evening. Newton Patrol Division officers at LAPD get a report of this guy suffering uh, from a stab wound in front of a local restaurant. And when the officers arrive, they're directed to the suspect. And he's located a short distance away. He's challenging officers to a fight. And... Um, they end up tasing this guy. He does a, I mean, he locks up and he plants backwards. And uh, as a result of the fall, he sustains a laceration in the back of his head, but he leaves a, a little pool of blood on the, on the pavement. we got about a, a minute and 45 seconds. Um, Andrea, you want to start us off on, on this one? Or, or even talk about the, the, the past one if you want to. It'll be in the same video. Uh, well, I mean, just real quick. I mean, this is one of those things you can't, you know, when you use use of force, something like this, you can't judge which way he's going to fall. Unfortunately, sometimes these things happen that use of force talked about. It doesn't always look pretty. Um, so it makes it a little bit, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It happens. You know, you taste somebody if there's walking off of a, you know, a step or anything like that, it's a good chance they're probably going to fall and hit their head. Um, but use of force isn't pretty, but this is one of those reasons why officers don't always react because of situations like this. Now they're looking at a completely different situation because of the fact that, you know, now he's got a pool of blood on the ground. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if we have a two man unit, Andrea, should the second officer be the break officer, you know, to be the barrier between the bad guy and the ground when he goes down? I'm Absolute, trying to keep a straight face. Absolutely Oof. not. No, but that's, I mean, unfortunately, I, so to Brett's point, I think that's a lot of what's going through their minds is what do I do? What, what are the repercussions going to be? You know, training is confusing because of the de-escalation. It gets confusing. I'm sorry, but that's what the officers on the street are thinking. Go ahead, Brett. I, I think this was a straight up taser. He should have been tasered way before it happened. I mean, good. All the indicators are there. Uh, and if I was policeman, I wouldn't be so worried at that point because I, I think a taser is going to work on the guy, and I guess it did. But now they got to worry about the guy fell down and, and broke his dome, you know. And, and we're going to have to rename, you know, shooting Newton into tasing Newton. 
Thanks to our panel for being here. Those of you guys that survived without sound issues. And uh, hey, a shout out to our sponsors, Gulls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, TAC-Tote.com, and Bang Energy for fueling us. And hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week. And also LG Man, thank you so, or FLG Man, thank you for, so much for the support. Have a great week, guys. 